You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Episode 7. And today we're talking about how to use humor to increase engagement with your business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Hey, hey everyone, Samantha Riley here. And thank you for joining me for another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast. I'm really excited to bring you today's episode because I had so much fun recording this. We are welcoming Kate Burr into the Thought Leaders Business Lab today. And Kate's a humor coach who helps thought leaders to be funny on purpose. She's going to teach us how to use humor to support our key messages, our brand, and our personality. Because in our business, the primary reason for humor isn't laughter, it's engagement. Because better engaged prospects, clients, teams, and audiences lead to better performance and results. And she's going to take us through how humor isn't necessarily the old, what we would call in air quotes, funny. You know, it's not using dad jokes. It's not coming across like a, a greasy used car salesman, like the, the ones with a cigar in the TV commercials. She's going to take us through how to use humor to make people laugh so that it's entertaining for people and they want to hang out in our world and be part of our tribe. So without further ado, here's Kate. Kate, welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am so excited to chat with you today. Uh, welcome here to the, to the show. Thank you very much. It's awesome to be joining you and all your listeners. It's very exciting. We're going to be talking about humor today which is funny because it's taken us about five edits to even get started because we've been laughing yes. so much. So let's hope we can keep it together for the rest of the episode. But before we start, you work with thought leaders to help them to be funny on purpose. What does funny on purpose mean? Well, it's got two sort of aspects to this really. So funny on purpose is funny deliberately when you want to be funny, like you can dial it up and use it as you need to. Mm -hmm. And then also funny on, so because like there's lots of people that say, oh, I'm sometimes funny, but I don't know how come and why come. And it's like, well, this is, I'll help you with that. But also funny on purpose as in like, we want you to be able to deliver a message first and foremost with your humor and the humor is to support it. So the humor is not like we tell a joke and then say our material and then our message and stuff like that. It's like, it needs to be all integrated together. So mm. it's being funny around what you're actually doing. Love that. Years and years ago, when I first worked with you, because I have worked with you quite a lot, I was extremely worried because my topic that I talk about is business. And I didn't want to come across like a, a greasy used car salesman. I'm like, <laughs> I, want my, I want my audience to actually take me seriously and understand yeah. that I know what I'm talking about. So can you tell us, how is it, and this is a, a bit of a tricky question because it's quite open-ended, but how can we be funny 
but still have people respect what we're talking about at the same time? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things going on in that question, Sam. The first one is probably just the stereotype of humour and stereotype of laughter because a lot of people, when they think, oh, I can't be funny, I can't go out there and crack jokes, nobody will take me seriously, they've got it, probably got it deep down in their mind, the stereotype of the plastic glasses with the fake nose and the moustache <laughs> and the, the cigars going waka, waka, waka sort of thing. <laughs> and so and if you Google search funny, that's what comes up. It's like all these, like, icky things of clowns and dodgy car sale comedian sort of types and it's just it's not how humor is anymore like that's probably the view of the 70s and 80s and the Benny Hill show where he's the running around chasing after the women and that sort of stuff but that's not how humor is now like if you think about the top names in comedy uh, like you've got people like Michael McIntyre and Jerry Seinfeld and Ricky Gervais and Sarah McGilligan and these people are all very just themselves and yeah. that's probably the first step for being funny is to just be yourself because that's what is going to get you over being feeling cringeworthy and feeling awkward and icky with it and also helps you take it people take you more seriously because when you're telling your like if you're in a business sense and you're sharing some information with a client or on Facebook live and all that sort of stuff if you're sharing that information and then you start pulling out jokes in a completely different style. It's very, very disjointed and very confusing for the viewer to just, or the person that's the receiver of that humor, just going, this person's not quite right. Like there's something about them that I just, it's just giving me an icky feeling. And that's probably why. So yeah, it's just making sure that you're yourself and in your style. And that's a really good start. Yeah. So when you say just be yourself, And I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I think a lot of us think we're not funny. And it wasn't until one day you said to me, oh, my God, Sam, you're so funny. I went, oh, am I? I didn't think that I was. (laughs) But you're right. And I was just being myself. And, you know, it was at that time you said that. But for people that are thinking to themselves, well, that's fine for, you know, Michael McIntyre, Jerry Seinfeld. They're funny people. What about us sitting at home who don't feel like we're funny? Yeah, and that, like, I've been the stand-up comedian professionally since 2007 and sometimes when I'm backstage, I don't feel like I'm funny compared to the people out um, on stage who are absolutely got the audience rolling around in fits of laughter. And it wasn't until I had this realisation one day that I'm asking myself the wrong question about, you can ask yourself, are you funny? Which is probably not as powerful a question as can you make people laugh? Because if Mm. you can make people laugh, then... It's a skill that you have as opposed to who you are. So it really separates the two things out. And so if it's not somebody who I am, like if being funny is not who I am, but it's I have the ability to make people laugh, then I've also got the ability to improve that skill. Mm. And it takes the focus away from you and how you feel and back onto the person that you're with or the audience that you're with about how you can make their lives better and more enjoyable and more happy. Oh, I love that. Great question. Can I make people laugh? Is way better than am I funny? Yeah. And often that will, just just to um, fully clarify that, often it will come back to people saying, oh, you're so funny because that's the language that people use around it. They're not like, oh, you made me laugh. So you will hear you're so funny, but it's not the actual thing. It's like I can make people laugh is the the outward going thing, but you're so funny is what comes back to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Beautiful. 
All right. So you're talking about using humor in our business. What are some of the different applications that we can look at or what are some of the different ways that we can add humor into our business? Because it's not just about standing on stage, is it? It's definitely not just about standing on stage. And in business too, it's probably good to just put some framework around it is that we're not using humor just for laughter and having a good time. We're using it for engagement because uh, the way that laughter processes in your brains it switches on your brain it fires up all areas of your brain it reduces your stress levels increases your endorphins so it's really good for engagement so if you're looking at any aspect where you need to engage people so whether that's your staff and your team members or your clients your target market or your audience if you're standing in front of people as a speaker sort of thing so there's a whole heap of different ways that you can use humor to engage people and so we probably some of the most obvious ones are in your content marketing, Facebook lives, that sort of thing, because that's a really big thing nowadays. But getting some humor in that makes it more interesting, more enjoyable to watch and more shareable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in all your emails, in your like any of your videos, in your messages, like the message bank when you leave a message, when you ring somebody up on the phone, leave a message, um, in your emails, in your newsletters, in your staff meetings. There's so many different ways to use humour and it's just sort of that thing where because the humour makes people feel good, it's like when they feel good, they want to spend more time with you, they want to answer your phone calls quickly, they want to get back to you quickly, they want to consume more of your content, that sort of Mm. stuff. And when you're thinking about engagement specifically when we're in front of our audience, whether it's on stage or whether it's, you know, like we are here on video or whether it's on a Facebook Live, that engagement, what does that actually look like? It's, is it just about them showing up or does it actually mean that they're more likely to take the next step with you and, you know, purchase from you? Because that's why we're doing this, right? Exactly, yeah. And I think it's probably good also to point out that there's different levels of engagement. So you don't have to get people rolling around on the floor laughing to get that benefit of engagement it may just be getting their attention getting their eyeballs in the first instance and it might be um, them smiling and nodding at you and then giggling and then laughing so there's a whole heap of range of levels of engagement and yeah when you are more engaged your staff if they're more engaged it leads to better productivity and can make a big difference for them if your clients are more engaged it leads to better results for them because they're listening to what you say they're doing what you say and getting the results that they need to get And then also because they're getting better results, then you're getting more referrals, more repeat business, that sort of thing. And um, more engaged prospects is leading to better effective marketing with them so that they're listening to your message. They're paying attention to what you say in this world now where it's so busy with um, uh, so many people competing for your attention. If you can get your attention, you can get the eyeballs, then you can get the results. Mm, Perfect. Now, you mentioned that we're not talking about specific Waka 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 jokes, like real. (laughs) (laughs) So, can you give us an idea or give us an example of a way that we could, or a way that someone you know, one of your clients, has used humor in a video, for example? Yes. So, with humor, it's more um, rather than telling jokes because jokes are a very confrontational situation. So, like, I'm about to tell a joke, everyone's put on high alert that I'm about to tell a joke. And now I'm like, if I'm listening to a joke, I'm expected to either laugh or try and get out of making you feel like an idiot because it wasn't a funny joke. 
Mm-hmm. So when you tell jokes, it sets you up for one person's going to be wrong. So it's like either I'm wrong for telling a not funny joke or the other person's wrong for not laughing at my joke. So mm-hmm. what you want to do instead is just point out the truth. And usually this is the truth, the sorts of truth that you can point out that will get a laugh or something that's very routine and mundane and goes by completely unnoticed. Mm-hmm. So for instance, for example, for something like a podcast listener, it's like, you know, when you get to the end of a podcast and you're driving in the middle of a freeway and you can't stop to get off and change to the next podcast. And so you have to end up listening to something that you don't want to listen to or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's the problems that you have when you're doing something. So it's something that's either routine or mundane, very specific. So the more specific you can go with something and really drill down deep is usually quite hilarious or something that's very annoying. And you're just pointing that out to people in a, in a funny way or from a different perspective than what they've looked at it normally. Mm. So knowing your ideal clients and the mundane and routine things that they've got going on in their life or yeah. the annoying things that can connect you. You know, if you're, if you're yes. a, a graphic designer, you know, everyone's got the, you know, that annoying client who's the one that comes back with edit number 25,000 and everyone that's a graphic designer goes, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, and it's the edit 25,000 that they want to move the the icon from the left to the centre, but it's been moved from the centre to the left to the right, to the, like in the 17 edits previous. It's like, just make up your mind, people. So, yeah, yeah. And so it's just get really drilling down to what is it that it looks like. And so you really have to know your audience and understand your audience and where they're going to be coming from. And when I say audience, that's like your target market or your staff members or your team. So it's any sort of audience but it, or the person who's the subject of your humour basically or where, who's the recipient of your humour is your audience. And yes. it's making sure that you really understand their world so that they will relate to what you're saying. Okay, cool. So you want them to relate and I actually remember a video that you posted. I can't even remember what comedian it was. And he was talking about wrapping Christmas presents and he couldn't find oh, yeah. the, the, the <laughs> tape and he couldn't find the scissors. I was rolling around laughing because it was just, <laughs> it's exactly what it's like at Christmas time when you're trying to get the presents and the, the gifts yeah, wrapped. Yeah. And it's, it was such a, a normal thing that everyone goes over, but it was the way he just kept going over and over and over it that made it funnier yeah. and funnier and funnier as it went on. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and and that, for your listeners, that's Michael McIntyre. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> Michael McIntyre, cello tape and scissors, you'll find it. So It's hilarious. So... Yeah. Okay, so obviously Michael McIntyre is an extremely well-versed comedian, but thought leaders and experts might not know where to start. Do you have some sort of framework to help us put together how to, how to do this? Is there, is there a system or a framework that we can follow? Yeah, there is a, a framework and a system. Um, I call it the Stand Up From The Crowd framework. Mm-hmm. If you go to my website, you can download a copy of it and it just sort of explains, it sort of sets out the different, there's five basic steps that you want to be using to start building your humour muscle. And they're sort of all listed on the Stand Up From The Crowd framework. So it's, so you've got a sequential path to follow, I guess, rather than just going, I don't even know how to start being funny and I don't even know how to try. Mm. But I think. If you want to just the really the very, very first thing that I would probably be the biggest tip that I could give anybody is just to fill up on funny. 
Like what's inside of you is what comes out. And if you don't have anything funny that you're, if you're not consuming any sort of funny content, if you're not consuming any funny social media feeds, that sort of thing, then none of that can just get regurgitated and dialed up later. And when you start to fill up on that funny, you start to get an idea of why it's funny and what sort of things are funny. And then you can start to use, like start to adapt those for your own business. Mm Mm-hmm. I've got, uh, I'm quite lucky because I've got a lot of comedian friends, but they're always posting up memes about life and funny things. Like <laughs> one of my favourite ones the other day was um, marriage is, uh, half of marriage is spent yelling from one room to the other, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just hearing those things and then it's sort of sometimes it, you can see those things and it triggers something and you go, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to mention in my next um, Facebook Live or in some of my next content marketing or I can draw on some of those experiences to use. So, yeah, just filling up on funny things. Yeah. Okay, so what about, a t- like well, I'm going to say in air quotes here, a typically straight kind of expertise and I'm going to pull one out accounting if you're an accountant and you're listening I'm not picking on you but most people think accountants are boring it's it's not a a subject that generally makes us laugh is it smart for an accountant or someone that's in that a more professional and a dry kind of industry to use humor I think if you want to stand out from the crowd especially in those sorts of industries definitely because there's a couple of things working in your favour if you use humour as a, like in those really serious professions. And one of them is nobody is expecting you to be funny. So the bar is really, really low, um, which is Which, <laughs> which is, is a great place to start, right? <laughs> <laughs> because you, because like with comedians, like if you go walk out on stage, like the expectation is you're going to be hilarious, right? So if you're an accountant or in the professional services industries, nobody's expecting you to be funny. So it's really easy to throw some stuff out there and it will be very much appreciated. Because the other thing with humour is that especially for people where they can be intimidating, like I find accountants intimidating, there's a big confession for the day, but but they've got so much knowledge Every time, it's not my natural state to be in the numbers stuff. So I feel quite inadequate and quite stupid when I'm talking to accountants because it's just hard for me to grasp and I have to use a lot of my brain power to understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So with somebody like an accountant being able to use humour, I can then start to laugh. It calms me down. It reduces my stress levels. It boosts my endorphin production. And then I'm feeling a lot more relaxed and I can sort of get over that feeling of inadequacy and listen to what they've got to say without feeling like an idiot, basically. Yeah, and, and stressed. <clears throat> exactly, yeah. And it doesn't have to be a big thing for an accountant. It can just be like some off-the-cuff comment about uh, tax returns or GST or BAS or something like that, and you just go, oh, yeah, good, finally somebody gets me. And I can. And it, so they're using humour not to make you laugh but to make you feel comfortable. What I was also hearing is to help you to understand, uh, to be relatable. Exactly. So yeah. If I'm here and you're there, it's no, we're here together so we can actually move forward. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that when people go, I'm not using humor because I won't be taken seriously, if they flip that to their perspective audience's viewpoint, it's like, it's actually making my relationship with you so much more comfortable if you do make me laugh. Yeah. 
What is a great example that you've seen of a thought leader or an expert using humor on social media? Oh, just thrown you under the bus, haven't I? <laughs> so, so thrown. <laughs> I think um, one of the most unexpected uses of humour, I think, would have to be Bono. Um, a couple of years ago, he got nominated by British Glamour magazine for their Woman of the Year Awards. Oh. Yes, you heard that right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, British Glamour have these Women of the Year Awards. They nominated Bono. He won in a thing. and won an award and it wasn't actually for his because he was a woman because clearly he wasn't but it was for his work towards women right now as you can imagine when he went to accept this award there was quite I imagine there would have been quite a lot of hostility in the room of like who the hell does he think he is he's a man he's expect accepting these awards for women and it's just not appropriate and not fair sort of thing so he came out and basically stated the obvious and said, I can't believe I'm getting this award. Like, it seems a bit ridiculous. And if I didn't know it was ridiculous, I've got the blessed internet to tell me how ridiculous it was. <laughs> and, then, and then he proceeded to read through all these tweets, which would have said exactly what people in the audience were thinking. And then everyone had a laugh. And then they went on to listen to an amazing speech about his work with women and how he advances that sort of stuff. It was, just, it was just brilliant use of humour there. What's so brilliant about that is he's exactly what you were just talking about in the scenario with the accountant. He's disarmed the audience who were not going to be listening to what he had to say because they already got their objections there. He's just disarmed them so they've just gone, oh, okay, and now we'll listen. Yes. I, can, I can see how that could be so, so cleverly used in sales objections. Exactly. And even um, KFC in the UK just recently had an instance where they ran out of chicken in their restaurants. They got a new supplier, they ran out of chicken. <laughs> and that, as you can imagine, that is a potential brand damaging. That's a disaster. Yeah, yeah, absolute disaster. And so I don't know if you, um, if you heard about this, but they put out full-page ads in the national newspapers in the UK um, with a bucket of chi- an empty bucket of chicken and then instead of KFC, which is their normal tagline, they put FCK. Yeah, it was absolutely <laughs> genius. And it was, I just was like slow clap, just went, well done. Like, <laughs> like if you're going to make that big a mess up and you've fixed it with that big a funny, well done. Because um, it, it was such an attention grabbing headline. It was just like FCK. And then they went on, oh yeah, we've run out of chicken. Whoops, sorry about that. And we're doing our best with our suppliers to deliver fresh chicken. And they, I actually went and had a look. I think it was Mother London was the advertising agency behind that. PR control and damage yes. control with that one. And they, because it was such a national news story, like they were reporting on <laughs> national news that KFC had run out of chicken, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't feel that social media was the appropriate channel to respond to that. So they put out the full page ads in the newspaper. But because the way we consume content nowadays, they put out the full page in the newspaper and then everyone took a photo of that and it was very quickly all over social media without them having to do that because it was just such a funny thing. People like, check this out, check this out. And they took photos and shared it. And it was such a success that KFC has actually been accused of doing running out of chicken on purpose as a promotional oh, campaign. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
I remember when that came out and I remember you and I having a discussion about it. I think that was one of the most genius marketing campaigns I've ever seen because I yeah. think so many of us, when things go wrong, are like, you know, oh, apologize and we're trying to fix it and everything else. And people actually, again, they're not the sum. They don't even care about listening to the apology. They're just like, but, 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 where they've just yeah. come out and gone, Oops. <laughs> and everyone thinks it's funny. <laughs> everyone thinks it's funny and then they just go, they can see themselves in that and they just go, oh, yeah, I've made a cock up every now and then too. Like, good on you. Thanks for owning up and you've made me laugh and all's good and we'll be back when you get the chicken back sort of thing. So yeah, it was just a really clever way of just going, sorry. <laughs> so good. So obviously it's going to take a bit of, it will take a bit of practice to be able to bring humor out when you're, you know, in front of someone, whether it be on stage or on video or, you know, in an interview. Tell us how we could possibly get started. I'm guessing it's easier to get it in print first, maybe a social media post or an email. What are some tips yeah. you can give us to start being able to do that? So you've told us to watch funny content or start looking at funny content. And that's one thing because I think that almost you're like, oh, it's okay for them, they're funny, but I still i am struggling for where to begin. What's one thing we could do to bring funny into our business just today? Just one thing. Yeah, so I would look at something from a, your audience's point of view. So like your customer, like let's say we're doing a custom email out um, from database. I would look at something from a customer's point of view and go, how are they going to receive this and what's going to be happening in their world when they possibly open this email and what's the message that I want to get across? So then you've got sort of like the two concentric circles of like my message in one side, their world in the other side, and then you want to join them together and that bit in the middle where your message meets their world is where there's the most chance for humour to come. Mm -hmm. So it might be like if you've got a very mobile-based, like your database is mainly going to be reading things on the mobile phone yes. and they're yep. not going to be sitting at a computer to do this and they might be on the bus or something. It's like, hi, hope you're going well today and your bus trip's amazing. Or I hope you're going well and your bed's comfy where you're sleeping, that sort of thing. So it's just having a having a guess at how things are happening and then they go, oh, my gosh, have you got a camera in my house? How do you know these things? Or, that, or something like thanks for taking time to be a grown-up while you're looking at your emails as opposed to getting onto social media or something like that. So it's yeah. just that it's building that rapport very easily and very simply and it's a very throwable. It's not, a, it's not meant to be funny as in like, I'm going to tell you a joke now, ha, ha, ha. But it's something that would make somebody smile when they read it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best place to start is don't try and get the laughs, just try and get a smile from somebody and, and put yourself in your audience's shoes. It's like, what would make me smile today? And try and reflect that back to them. Nice. So for us to call this complete, what is something that you want to leave us with in regards to being funny on purpose? I just think that it's to just be yourself. You have to be yourself and just try and connect with your audience and see something from their point of view. So rather than making it all about yourself, make it all about your audience and how they will feel and try and just get something that's going to be relatable to them. 
Mm, beautiful. Now, I believe you've got a giveaway for the listeners who want to take their humour further to get more engagement with their audience. Yes, I do. Um, if you would like a copy of the Humour Booster for Business, which is um, how to add more humour in your business in five simple ways, i assuming that there'll be a link near... Yeah, that we'll link it up in the show notes. Yeah, in the show notes, great, excellent. So, yeah, you can download a copy of that and that will sort of get you started and get you on the way. And also, if you follow me on social media, then you can sort of... i always sharing hints and tips along there and on my website as well. Beautiful. So you can head to katebird.com.au and get a copy of the... I've already forgotten what it's called. It's a very sexy title. <laughs> <laughs> the humour booster for business. The humour booster for business. Slap on the wrist for Sam Riley. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me here in the Business Lab, Kate. It's been an absolute pleasure. And pleasure. I love watching you on social media. You do make me laugh and I love it. And uh, I know that our listeners will get a lot from this episode. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. See ya. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.